0: Well, I want to begin today, as we start our Experiencing God, um, kind of week five. I want to begin today by telling you a story about something that happened last Sunday. I've been trying every week, and I've been asking you to write testimonies down. Um, and there's a table out here that you can actually write your stories down and put them in a basket, an envelope, put them in a basket. I'm trying to incorporate those things into our messages to show the idea of Experiencing God is that God is at work all the time, all around us. And sometimes we don't, we don't recognize it. So I've been trying to use stories every week that say, here's a right now example of what God has been doing or what he's doing in our church family. And so I want to begin to tell you a story today of something that happened last Sunday. Um, right after church, last Sunday we had normal church, and but you might not have known that I had to leave immediately after church. Matter of fact, those of you who came to Pizza with the Pastor, which is for our, our new people, I walked in and walked back out because I had to leave for a, a business meeting at another church in the area. I'm what's called a presbyter, which is an overseer. of. There's 10 overseers over Wisconsin and northern Michigan um, in our organization. And, and one of our churches was having some issues, had a, a business meeting. And, and as that representative, I had to go there to the business meeting in case things got ugly and I had to be there to make sure things were okay and, and, and help with the meeting. So I had to immediately leave church. Church got over, and, and I basically ran out the door and drove to another church. And... Um, In this church situation, without telling you the details, because it really doesn't matter and it's not our business, anyways. But they were going through a a bunch of problems in their church, and um, they had a congregational meeting where people had turned in questions, and then the deacon board and the pastors basically got those questions in advance and were answering questions. And this meeting went really long, like I think three plus hours. The meeting went, and um, aren't you glad you weren't there? Um, so anyways, um, the way it worked is the church board and the pastors sat in a table in the front of their sanctuary and they answered all these questions and, and they just kind of, one guy was a moderator, one pastor and they had different people planned in advance to answer all these questions. What they asked me to do is I sat in the front and I was there, they gave me this, this situation. They said, if it gets out of control, your job is to get up and to, and to stop it from getting out of control. And I said, gee, thanks. <laughs> what a wonderful job. And also they said, we want you to wrap up at the end and then pray for our church, and so um, I was getting up, and it fortunately didn't get real out of control. At one point it got a little a little iffy, but but um, I got up to make some concluding comments before I was going to pray for the church, and um, at the at the end, is when I'm talking, I came and I stood next to the table where the pastors and the deacons were seated. And when I was sitting in a chair, I was praying and saying, God, it's a three-hour meeting. They talked about everything. What do you want me to say? And I felt that they should share one particular verse of Scripture and talk about that and then kind of go on with a path of talking about some things. And the meeting was so long, I didn't really think I should talk that long. But when I got up there, I really felt compelled to share certain things. And so I got up there, and, and um, as I as I started to to talk, the man, the pastor, who was in the middle of that table, this long table, two tables with all the people, the moderator, he starts to cry as I'm talking. And I'm thinking, hey, I put the guy in tears. You know, he starts crying, but he starts really crying. And he starts crying and crying, and he finally, literally, puts his chair out, kneels on the ground, and he's sobbing, loud. And I'm thinking, what do I do? So I'm actually a little uncomfortable. I'm standing here, and he's he's crying, and I'm supposed to talk. I'm talking, and this guy's right here, and he's a great big guy. You know, and he's and this is out of character for the guy, from what I understand, and he's just crying very loudly, and so much so that I moved. I went up away from the table and I stood up on the platform and began to talk from the platform, and and began to to, to share up there and and um, and everything went good and I prayed over the congregation and and it was really a a great meeting. The presence of God was very real. Well, at the end of the the time, that pastor who was crying walked up to me. And he said, I need to tell you what happened. And I'm like, what do you mean, what happened? And he said, well, during this three-hour-long meeting, and he had a piece of paper in his hand, he said he wasn't answering hardly any of the questions. He was the moderator and had other people answer the questions. They had decided in advance who would answer. And he said, as the meeting was going on, I kept feeling there were certain things that needed to be said, so I wrote them on a piece of paper. He said, I wrote one thing down, and then, then something else went on. This guy's answering, and he's like, I need to add this, and wrote that thing down. And he said, every time I felt something needed to be said, he said, I felt this kind of check inside of me saying, don't you share that. And so he said, "This was so he kept making a list of all these things. And by the end of the meeting, he, the meeting was wrapping up. They invited me to come up, and he told me, he said, I was really frustrated because he had this list of things that he really believed needed to be said, But he kept feeling that the Lord was saying, do not say them. So then he tells you what happens. He said, you got up there and you started to speak. And he said, the first words out of your mouth were the first things on my list of 10 things. He goes, oh, I think that's pretty cool. He said, you started talking. And he said, the second thing you said was the second thing on my list. He goes, wow, that's amazing. He goes, then you kept talking. And he said, you said the third thing on my list. And he said, then I started to think this is pretty bizarre. He said, then you said the fourth and the fifth thing on my list, and I realized God is in this place. And he said, I couldn't contain myself. I just started to cry. He said, then you said the sixth thing and the seventh thing on the list and the eighth thing on the list. He said, you went in order down the list. I have no idea about this. And he starts sobbing and he's crying and he's really thanking Jesus for being in the meeting. It was funny. He goes, except you skipped number eight and went right, or number nine and went right to number 10. So I'm not sure what number nine was supposed to be. Maybe he added a number nine that didn't belong. I'm not sure. <laughs> but, uh, but anyways, um, he said, you went literally down the list in order, nine out of ten things, and he showed me the piece of paper. And I had no idea the piece of paper, and I, had no, I wouldn't have done it anyways. If he said, I wouldn't have done it. I would have said, no, I'll just share what I think I should share at the end of the service. And so we talked about it, about what had just happened, and we really concluded that if for no other reason... God was trying to show him and me, if no one else, that that God was very present and that God was in control of what was going on. And it just gave us this incredible sense of confidence in God, that God was really there and God was doing good things. Now, the reason I tell you this story today is there's a reason I'm not telling you. I'm not saying it for this reason, to try to say, oh, Pastor Mark heard from God. That's not why I'm saying it, to try to say, oh, you know, he's the one who hears from God. That's not at all what I'm saying. Nor am I trying to say, oh, Pastor Jack, which is the other pastor's name, is so spiritual. No. The reason that I tell this story is to give a right now example of the topic that Unit 5 has covered this week. If you've been following along in Unit 5, Unit 5, the topic of the week was that God does speak to his children. That he really does speak to his children. See, the hero of the story from last Sunday that I just told you is God. God's the hero of the story. He spoke to Pastor Jack and he spoke to me, and we didn't even really get that clearly that it was just God really orchestrating all this stuff. He was the hero of the story. He was present and in control, and he was letting us know that he was present and in control. God spoke. Church, what I want us to get today is that God speaks to his children. I want each of us to really come to grips with this today because a lot of times we say we believe God speaks, but I'm not so sure we really believe it. We say, oh, I'll ask for Bible people. Oh, that's for special people. But I want to guests today, spend our time together, is understanding that God speaks to his people, that God speaks to you and he speaks to me. That God's not a respecter of persons. That he speaks to you every bit as much as he speaks to me or to somebody else. That God's trying to communicate with his followers. And that's what our memory verse, you're following along, our memory verse for this week was all about this. Can anybody say it with me? John 8, 47. It says, he who belongs to God hears what God says. And the reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. Can we put that verse up there? He who belongs to God here's what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. Look at that first sentence. He who belongs to God hears what God says. does it say he who belongs to God could maybe possibly hear what God says? Is that what it says? No. What's God's word say to us? He who who belongs to God hears what God says. In another place in scripture, Jesus says it like this. My sheep know my voice. In other words, if you're a follower of his, he he calls us like his sheep that follow the shepherd, the good shepherd. He said his sheep hear and know his voice. The point is this. God does speak. And those who belong to him are able to hear what he has to say. Now understand about this, let's put chapter 8 of John in context. Jesus said this in John chapter 8. When he said it, he was using this in a negative sense. Um, He had been talking to the religious crowd, and the, the people, the Pharisees and the religious leaders, they didn't believe what he had to say. They didn't believe what primarily what he was saying about himself, that he really was the son of God. And they didn't believe it, that he was God's son. In fact, what we find out is they wanted to kill him, because they thought he's a blasphemer. They thought what he was saying was, completely wrong. So Jesus says to them, this is when he says John 8, 47, when he says to them, he says, if you really belonged to God, to the Father, then you would hear what I say and believe in who I am. But because you don't belong to the Father and you don't really have a saving relationship with the Father, then you can't really believe what's being said. That's what this is all about. He who belongs to God, hears what God says and the reason you don't hear is that you do not belong to God. Now, this is what I really want us to get about this today. God does speak to his people. That God speaks to you if you belong to him and what God wants is what the book, what this experience in God's study is all about is getting us to learn to listen to what God has to say. To learn how to tune our ears to hear what God is saying to us. Can you imagine how different your life would be if you really understand that God wants to talk to you? You stop guessing about it. You're able to hear this is what God says and you follow God's lead. In fact, I would say this. You can't really participate with God on his mission, which we've been finding the last number of weeks is the avenue through which we come to really experience God. You can't participate in that You can't know him better if you're not hearing what he has to say to you. Did you get what I said? That's how important this is. That you can't really experience God the way he intends for you to experience him if you cannot learn to hear what he has to say because what he has to say usually for us is he invites us in to what he's doing into his activity and in the relationship of the activity that's where we experience God. So if we can't hear his voice then we can't really participate in the activity. We can't participate in the activity. We can't come to know him the way he wants us to come to know him. That's how important this is. And as I was thinking about this, starting to think, what would be the most important thing I could communicate today about this? I came to this, and I think the most important thing in helping us learn to listen to what God says to us is to simply reinforce today that we can believe and know That God really is speaking to you in your day in and day out life. That he really does speak to you. That it's it's not a maybe, it's a it is situation. That you don't need to be a pastor for God to speak to you. That you don't need to be a missionary for God to speak to you. You don't need to be a deacon for God to speak to you. If you belong to God, then he is speaking to you. Now, Blackaby makes a statement about that in the workbook we've been going through. For those of you who've been going through it, know this. That he's got this, called calls the seven realities. And the fourth reality speaks to this. It says this. It says, God speaks by the Holy Spirit through the Bible, prayer, circumstances, and the church to reveal himself, his purposes, and his ways. God speaks by the Holy Spirit through the Bible, prayer, circumstances, and the church to reveal himself, his purposes, and his ways. Now, there's no way I can cover all that today or we'd be here for a month. But I can look at just one part of it today. And that's what I want to think about for the rest of our time together. And it's this. God speaks by the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit is the communicator of God. Yes, he uses the Bible in prayer and circumstances in the church in that process. But it is the Holy Spirit who speaks to you and me. When you become spiritually born again, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you and He speaks to you. That's what I want you to settle in your heart this morning. That is what happened at that meeting last Sunday. The Holy Spirit was speaking to both me and Pastor Jack, leading me to say some things at the end of the service and have letting, leading Pastor Jack to write them down in order on a piece of paper during the service. It was the Holy Spirit who was speaking to us. We both knew that we are hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to us. Now, I'll tell you from my side, it wasn't audible. I didn't hear. It wasn't like God was sitting next to me saying, Mark, when you get done, say that. It wasn't audible. But I knew the Holy Spirit was bringing thoughts to my mind, showing me what I should say when I stood up to speak at the end of the meeting. Jesus talked about this reality that the Holy Spirit speaks to us. When he was telling his disciples one day, that that as they followed him and as they proclaimed the gospel, that they would face great opposition in their lives. He said, you're going to stand before authorities and they're going to persecute you. And he said, in in that sense, in in that situation, um, the Holy Spirit's going to be there to speak to you. Grab your Bibles. Turn to the Gospel of Luke chapter 12 with me. I want to point something out to you about this. Where Jesus is trying to say, listen, the Holy Spirit speaks to his followers. If you're visiting, you don't have a Bible. There's Bibles underneath the chairs in front of you. You're welcome to take that along and take it home and make it as your own. Look at Luke chapter 12. Jesus is saying that as they stand before authorities being really persecuted for their belief in the gospel of Jesus Christ, he makes a statement here about them hearing the voice of God. Look at verse chapter 12, verses 11 and 12. He says, and when they bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities, do not worry about how or what you are to speak in your defense or what you are to say. Verse 12. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. Look at that verse, verse 12. The Holy Spirit will teach you, or you could say this, the Holy Spirit will tell you in that very hour what you ought to say. To say. The Holy Spirit, another name for the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, speaks to us. He tells us what the Father wants us to know when we need to know it. We actually hear the Holy Spirit's voice. That's what he's saying to them. In John chapter 16, verses 13 and 14, he says it a little differently. He says it like this He says, He, the Holy Spirit, will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me, to Jesus, by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. Look what he's saying again here. He says, the Holy Spirit speaks to you. He uses these words in John 16. He will tell you. He will speak to you. He will make it known to you. What the Holy Spirit has to say to you. God's trying to really clearly say something to us. That if you know him, you will hear him speak. Now, this is what I want to tell you about that. Because this is what gets difficult for us as Christ followers. There's no formula for knowing how to hear the Holy Spirit's voice. Last Sunday when I was in that meeting, I just knew God was directing what I was to say. I just knew it. And that ability to know what the Holy Spirit is saying to you comes as a result of one thing. Ready? One thing and one thing only. I'm being serious here. A real and a present love relationship with God. It's the result of the relationship. It's all about the relationship that you have and your openness to the Holy Spirit in your daily walk with Jesus as you allow Jesus to be the center of your life, and here's one of the critical things, as you build your life upon Christ, not just add Jesus on top, you understand the difference? That he becomes the core of your existence, that relationship with him trumps everything else, as you allow him to become the center of your world, as you spend time in his word and in prayer, you learn to hear his voice. It's a learning, growing process. You learn to recognize that that thought that comes to your mind didn't originate with you. That's what you learn. You learn to distinguish inside of you that that, that's just not a thought from me. It's kind of this this thought and you go, and I I used to think like, where did that come from? And I've learned that that where that came from is quite often the Holy Spirit. You learn to recognize that that thought that comes to your mind didn't originate from you. And as you begin then to put things to the test, you begin to act on those thoughts. You will learn that they're often from God. And sometimes you'll learn they weren't from God. You'll say, well, that didn't work out. And you can conclude this, well, that wasn't from God. And you learn to understand what it is to hear the voice of the Lord by the Holy Spirit. You begin to ask yourself questions like, I think I should say this, but does that line up with God's teaching and his word? If it doesn't line up with the teaching and his word, it's obviously not from God because he would only speak what's in line with the Bible. It's all about the ongoing relationship. Now, I know that that seems rather subjective. Guess what? It is. It's very subjective. But understand today. If it was anything other than what it is, anything other than subjective, you know what we'd do as people? We'd boil it down to a formula that we could do on our own. We'd write books about it and we would leave the relationship out of the equation. That daily walk out of the equation. We would have seven steps to hearing God's voice and we would boil it down to a a function and we'd miss the relationship. And this is what would happen. We would skip the one thing that God wants most from us and you know what he wants most from you you what he wants most from you is you what he wants most from me is me he wants a relationship and if if it could be a formula the three points of this we'd boil it down to that and we'd skip the daily ongoing relationship what you're learning and experiencing god is how to develop an ongoing daily relationship as five out of seven days, you're, you're spending time in God's Word. You're allowing God, to, you're asking questions and you're saying, answering them. You're, you're interacting with the Spirit of the Lord. That's all about developing the relationship with Him. Now, although hearing God speak by the Holy Spirit is subjective, Scripture does reveal that we can know a couple things. We can know that when God speaks, it is God. And we can know what God said. I was convinced on Sunday I knew God spoke and I knew what God said. You know, I just just knew it. I want you to think about something. Think about Noah. Noah and the ark from Scripture. God spoke to him and he knew it was God. He was so sure God spoke to him. Remember, God didn't just walk up to him one day and talk to him. God just spoke to him the same way God spoke to me on Sunday. He was so so sure that God had spoke to him that he spent the next hundred years of his life building a boat in a world that had never seen rain one time. And I guarantee you, everybody ridiculed him for it. He only did that for one reason, because he knew it was God that spoke to him. Now think with me for a minute. Can you think of a time when you were convinced that God had spoken to you? Can you think of a time? We've heard testimonies that I've been reading to you over the last number of weeks where people have said, you know what? And It's interesting. A bunch of them have been pretty close to the same thing where people have said, you know what? Um, I believed God spoke to me about, about giving something to a particular person in the church body. And that the person who was the receiver would write a testimony and say, you have no idea. I came with this need and God had to meet it today and I had no idea. And some person came out of the clear blue and said, God told me to give you this and it met the need. We've been hearing these testimonies of of God showing us that He does speak to us as we interact with Him. You see, when you take the chance to respond to what you believe is the voice of the Lord, and it's subjective, and then the circumstances prove that it really was the voice of God, one person in this last couple of weeks, was a person who I told a testimony about, and I, you know, I haven't used any names. And it's one person that a needed, and they met the need. And that person talked to me later, and I said, "You know what? I did last that, that that morning before church something I never do. I actually added a dimension to my sermon. I wrote out some other notes that talked about the person who was the giver of the of the gift, and to say." you can know that God was speaking to you because he proved over here that you heard God's voice and the person was so moved, they said, could I please have a copy of your notes? And I went and made a photocopy and gave them to him and said, because God was saying, listen, the way you learned that you really did hear the voice of God was that the circumstances proved that you really did hear the voice of God because the other person said, I had a need that no one knew about and you met it. So however that can work in that subjective way, God wants to validate as you, as you take the risk of responding to that voice inside of you that says, why don't you do this? He wants to validate that you really did hear, that you're really learning to hear what God's voice sounds like. Like Noah. He knew God was speaking. So much so it it his life. You can know that. But he also knew what God had to say. He didn't just say, oh, I heard God's voice, but he said, God said this. He knew what God was saying. Get, get this. Noah knew that he was to build an ark, not a zoo. I was thinking about that. It was about saving all the animals. Shouldn't he, couldn't he just build a zoo? A lot less stinky. A lot bigger. A lot less work. Put some pens up. You know? But that wouldn't have done any good, would it? Just building a zoo wouldn't have done any good because the zoo, the zoo wouldn't have saved the animals and Noah during the flood. He knew exactly what God said. God said build a boat. Noah never ever built a boat. And he built a boat. And you knew what God said. Church, God wants to clearly communicate to each of us. He wants to tell us how we can become involved with him on his mission. Now, this is what I want you to do, to learn. The next time that you think you hear the voice of God, the thought that comes and you, you go, where did that come from? I want you to act on it. The next time you're in the grocery store line, and the thought comes to you as you're standing there in line, that you should pay for the milk of the lady in front of you. I want you to pay for the milk. And I don't want you to hear what has what has to be what, has, what they say. Because you know what they're probably going to say is, you know what, I didn't know how I was going to pay for it this week. The next time that you are going about your business, and all of a sudden you're busy at work or whatever, and this person just comes to your mind, and you just think, oh, I gotta call them. I got to text them. I want you to. If you can write then, do it right then. If you can't write then, write yourself a note and contact them as soon as you can. I did that a couple weeks ago. Within the last 10 days, I was sitting in my office. I thought of a person who has who lives a ways away and periodically attends church here. And this came to mind out of the clear blue. And I, I, I kind of, honestly, I kind of dismissed it. And then a little while later, I thought of the person again, and I thought, I think the Holy Spirit's trying to Tell me to contact that person. And so I actually was busy. I actually wrote it down on my to-do list. And I went through my whole to-do list that day, and their name was on there. And I'm like, I don't really have time to make this phone call because I don't know where it's going to go to. But I called the person on the phone. And the person goes, I can't believe you're calling me. And I said, I've called you on the phone, and I'm just telling you this. And they go, you're the third person in the last four hours who has come to me and told me that exact message. And they said, God's trying to tell me. This person's struggling in their relationship with Jesus. And they go, God's trying to talk to me. I said, God's trying to talk to you. But you know what? Had I dismissed that thought, that was a thought. That I know was the voice of the Holy Spirit. I can say this side of it. I know it was the voice of the Holy Spirit. That side of it, I'm like, I had a thought. Had I dismissed it, what God was trying to do in his life, wouldn't have happened. So the next time that comes to your mind where you're like, hey, I ought, to, I ought to call this person. My wife's a master at this. She does it all the time. She'll be like, oh, I've got to call so-and-so. Why? Well, I feel the Lord wants me to. And like all the time it happens that they go, oh, how did you know this? And she's like, oh, I didn't. But God does. God does. I want to begin to learn to hear the voice of God because then when you do that, you respond and they say what the guy said to me on the phone this week. You go, Oh. That was really the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to me. And you learn to hear what God's voice sounds like. That's what I want you to do in this coming week. To, to look for those times when you just have this something, this thought, and you go, I think that's the voice of the Lord. Act on it. Make the phone call, buy the gallon of milk, sit down and talk to the person. It's always related. I'll tell you this. It's always related to people, God's love for people. Because that's what the Holy Spirit is communicating about. People who are lost and need to be found or people who know the Lord who need to come into a relationship with who, who are really struggling and they need somebody to wrap their arm around them. That's what it's always tied to. So learn to just act on those things. Can you imagine what happened on Sunday had I said, because guess what, at the end of this meeting, I'm going, it's a three-hour meeting. I don't want to say a word. I'm like, I want to go home. You know what? And I'm like, these people are sick of listening. I could eat. that was All those thoughts were going through my mind. I wanted to really get up there and say something. That was all going in my mind, but I'm like, oh, I really think I need to say this. Can you imagine if on Sunday I would not have said one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten. I wouldn't have had the sense that God was in that the way he was. The other pastor wouldn't have had the sense that God was in it. He shared that story with his church Wednesday night in their Bible study. And everybody's like, wow, God's in this place gave them great confidence that God was going to help them through a hard time. But you know what it came down to? Acting on, out of obedience, and saying, I'm pretty sure God's saying this to me right now. So I want you to experience that this week. I want you to experience that every week. So I want you to say, God, I want you to decide on this side today. When I think I hear your voice, I'm choosing today that I'm going to act on it. Because if you'll decide up front, then you won't say, well, maybe I should. You decide, God, when I think I hear your voice, I'm going to act on it and you act on it, and I believe you're going to have examples, you're going to have situations where you're going to go, God, really talked to me. And you're going to say, that's what the voice of the Lord sounds like. Don't you want that for yourself? I want that for you. I want that for me. Right? Let's stand together. As we close today, I want you just to ask the Holy Spirit to help you to be able to discern His voice. And then commit on the front end to obeying so that you don't miss the opportunity by making excuses. Join me in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, God, that you have given us this incredible gift of the Holy Spirit. Lord, you've given us your Spirit, and you said it was, Jesus, your own words, it was better that you went away, that you ascended, because then another comforter would come, and the, the Holy Spirit would come into our lives, and that not just be with us, but be in us. And God, we admit this. We are so often, we have a hard time kind of figuring out what you have to say. We have your word and we thank you for that. And that's your speaking loud and clear to us. But we also know there's a subjective side where you talk to your disciples. You said, in that moment, the Holy Spirit would teach them. Or sheep know your voice. Or if you know me, you'll hear me. All these situations where it's talking about this idea of hearing a voice in a way that we're not used to hearing a voice. That it's somehow more internal. But it's real. And I ask this for for your children, all of us today. In the coming week, would you give us opportunities? where you speak to us? Because Lord, I really believe this. You're speaking to us all the time. And we're so often so noisy, so busy, so preoccupied that we just don't hear it. We're running on a path, and a lot of times that path, we want to just bring you praise and glory. We're working hard, but we're working on our own thing. You want us just to be able to slow down and listen. You want us to be still and know that you are God. And so we ask today, Holy Spirit, would you help us? We know you will. Help us this week and the rest of our lives. Help us to learn to hear your voice. God, I, I've got so far to go on this. I'm sure I miss it every day. But God, help us today to take a step forward. Help us this coming week to learn so that we'd be so excited that we'd come back in another week and go, you won't believe it, but I obeyed. I, I thought I should do this. I did it. And the person said, you, you are an answer to prayer. And we rejoice in that, but we would rejoice more in the fact that we actually heard the voice of the creator of the universe. That we actually heard you speak to us. And we'd be awed at the fact that you love us that much. So, God, in our hearts, we settle it on this end. We say, when we hear the voice, your voice, we're going to respond. And, God, we're going to probably make some mistakes. You don't mind that. Teach us through them. It's okay if we make mistakes. Teach us so we can grow and develop in you. Because God, everything that's done that you do has nothing to do with us or our abilities or our resources. It is all to do with you and your abilities and your resources, which are limitless. So in faith, we rest in you. And we say, God, show us in the coming days what you're saying to me.